Hello and welcome to the Camping Crew Podcast with Chris and Aaron. Hi everybody and welcome to episode 42 of the Camping Crew Podcast. I'm Aaron Birchall. And I'm Chris Byrne. Can we remind you from the offset, this is meant to be a fun podcast. We're just enthusiasts and what we discuss on the podcast are just normally our own personal views and we do look into some of the topics that you ask us about. We normally kick off with some follow-ups and shout-outs, but we came across a couple of news stories in the last uh, day or two, which I'm I'm a little bit surprised about, um, I was sharing this with you during the week, Chris, about two campsites I heard of that are closing down for various reasons. I know in the news in Ireland during the, the middle and tail end of last year, insurance was a big thing for public events, be they parks for kids to play in and theme parks and campsites were saying that their public liability insurance is almost closing them down. But I see here Carrick Camping, which myself and Charlie did a video on only back in November. Uh, Unfortunately, this is from their Facebook page, and it says, unfortunately, some planning issues have arisen that has led to a difficult decision here at Carrick Camping. They're in Roscommon. We will not open for the season of 2020. We are sorry for any inconvenience this may cause to our campers, many of whom we now consider friends. If you're in the area, please do call in because they do have a boating area and you can, they're saying that you can use their boating area on the River Shannon. And I had just posted that, I think, on on Twitter or on one of the Facebook groups when I saw another one then this morning, St. Margaret's uh, Beach Caravan and Camping Park in Wexford, which was recently taken over. And again, a note from Fran and Catherine, the current owners, we won't be open to touring caravans, motorhomes or tents this year. Uh, for that reason, we won't be taking any bookings. And then they go on to say that the nearest campsites are Ferrybank in Wexford Town, Kilmore Key Holiday Park and the IOAC near Togoat on the N25. We really appreciate all your support that we've received from the thousands of people who have chosen to camp with us over the years from Fran and Catherine. Let's hope it can be resolved and it is only for this season. And I do believe St. Margaret's is actually up for sale. So That's what I was going God. to say. There could be a, a glimmer of hope there for St. Margaret's yeah. in that. I noticed on um, on daft.ie today there was uh, uh, there was lots of pictures up and it's actually up for sale, the house and the campsite and all the facilities that go with it. So hopefully someone will take that on as a, a going concern and open it up again. Um, I know it was popular enough site, so... Um, you Have never... you ever stayed on it, Chris? I don't think so. I don't think I've stayed in that particular campsite. We, we've stayed on it a few times. And I remember the first time I went down about 12, 13 years ago, because on their website at the time, it said five minute walk to the beach. And I'm very skeptic when I see that on a brochure or a website. So I went down for a weekend and it was actually I was flying kites a, a lot of the time. So I brought my kites with me and I went down and it was exactly a five minute stroll. To the she beach. Had your kite and your stopwatch with you. I had everything with me, and it was exactly five minutes. And it became one of our regular stopovers for a short weekend. I never stayed on a, a long bank holiday weekend there, but the beach was beautiful. Actually, it was one of the first places we bought Charlie. Uh, so that was six years ago. We would have seen six now. So um, I remember bringing Deirdre down there for the first time. And it's it, hopefully it'll be sold and it will reopen for the 2021 season. Yeah, it's a pity to see some of the campsites uh, opening. Look, hopefully someone will take over them or they'll be able to solve whatever problems um, that they have and get those opened. I know there's a lot of other new campsites that are kind of planning to be open this year as well. So hopefully it won't be a, a sign of things to come. 
Yes, and hopefully then we're going to get the town councils to start doing little bits and pieces as well. I do know until the middle of February, Cove is closed. So if you're listening to this and it's fairly recent, uh, the airs in Cove is closed until the middle of February due to some sewage works that's going on there. But yeah, let's hope St. Margaret's and let's hope Carrick Camping will be back on the uh, market for 2021. And by the way, the Camping Ireland book is available now as well. Um, it's just called Ireland 2020 from campingireland.ie. And Chris, you'll be glad to know we've got a box of them on the way. So we'll split wow. them into the campers and we can hand them out to a few people during the uh, the summer months or at the beginning of the months. Yeah, I think we're sending out stickers. We can probably throw a couple of them into those as well, maybe. Yeah, yeah, it's a great book. Right, let's get on to our normal program, scheduled programming and the follow up and shout outs. What have you got? Yeah, we got a message recently from Harvey Mushman um, on Twitter. Uh, I read out the message. He says, hi, guys. Discovered your podcast back in October and have become a regular listener. Keep up the great work. I'm looking to get a van conversion done this spring. I'm trying to work out whether I need an inverter. My understanding is if I'm hooked up to mains, I won't need one. But if I was off grid, relying on the van only and wanted to run a coffee machine, I would need one. Any advice will be greatly appreciated. Now, I pass that on to you because you're the uh, man with the electrical background. And um, I replied back to, um, to Harvey with your message. So you said, we have an inverter and never really use it. So I reckon if Harvey wants to run a coffee machine while off grid, he'll need about 1,000 to 1,500 watt inverter. The solar will keep the battery or batteries charged on a sunny day if you've got one. When plugged in, the mains will run everything. So I passed that back and uh, Harvey got back to me quite quickly. He says, I'm planning on having a 200 watt solar panel fitted. So sounds like we could be okay without the inverter. Plus, I'm sure we could go without the coffee machine or the girlfriend's hairdryer if we were off grid for a few days. Yeah, I was very amused by his answer because I remember when we'd be telling people we're going camping and, you know, you, you, we've seen it on forums and you see it in cartoons, uh, a cartoon photograph of the lady blow drying her hair, your man having a coffee while watching the big, the big flat screen TV outside the motorhome and say, oh, I love this camping and all those things you can do at home. Yeah, yeah. You don't so, need your hair dryer and your coffee machine. However, 200 watt solar panel will not run a domestic coffee machine. Now, maybe there are 12 volt camping ones available, but your domestic one, it will not run that. You will need an inverter. Can I ask you a question? I, I just, I, I know some people, including myself, get confused with all these wattages and volts and that. So what the inverter does, am I correct, Aaron? The inverter gives you 240 volt, which is yes. what you would have in your house. Yes. And let you use a normal three-prong plug for plugging and empowering things that yes. like that the battery is kind of 12 volts and lets you run things like charging phones and you know maybe a, a 12 volt kettle or a, yep. a 12 volt tv or something like that yes but the inverter is only so let's say you get a 1500 watt inverter and you've an 800 watt toaster you're flying but it's still only going to the, the more wattage you're running off that inverter drains your batteries pretty quick so, so the inverter converts from 12 volts up yes, to 240 volts yes it's it's wired into your batteries and then it'll give you your small hair dryer or your toaster or as we were saying anything that runs on 220 volts they're brilliant for quick charging your laptop or if i was working off grid and i wanted to work on the laptop and it's running down i'd rather plug it into the inverter of course, and, and yeah, charge it that way so so they're good for low wattage things but yes if you stick your finger to prong you're going to get a shock 
but it's converting your your 212 volt batteries or your 112 volt leisure battery into 240 volts but the bigger the unit you're running the quicker it will run down your batteries yeah, and then I mean, when you're plugged in, you don't need your inverter because you've got, chances are you have at least one main socket in the camper van. I'm in the process of getting a, a solar panel fitted to my own van and I'm trying to decide whether I'll just put a, a new leisure battery in or actually put in two new leisure batteries and have an extra one. I think for the usage that we use it for, you know, when we're camping, most of the time, if we're camping on a campsite, we'll be plugged in. But say we're down the likes of cove or dungarvan or ardmore or places like that where there's no electricity you know really we just want it for charging phones and it's usually just a long weekend the auto occasion might go away for a week so i think i'm going to just go for the just replace the leisure battery to have with the solar panel topping that up so just charge a couple of phones and stuff you know the only extra in having the second leisure battery is a little bit of more reinsurance but you've seen when we've been away like you say it's seldom you're away for a week off grid we normally do a long weekend if we're down especially in the likes of Ardmore if the gang of us are there it's normally a long weekend or now you would go down for the kids during the patent festival and stuff the beauty of having the solar is reassurance I mean you've seen it yourself and Ross would come over to me just to charge up a few of the battery packs because I have solar and I'm running two leisure batteries if you get the, the, the solar panel in, it's just that little bit ease of mind that, you know what, I can charge them now myself. And it's just on a sunny day, even on a dull day, but on a sunny day, your battery is going to stay fully charged. Yeah. And say, for example, if I got, say, a 12-volt TV, I know there's a lot of people are talking about those at the moment. We decide to put a TV. We don't have a TV at the moment in the van. Uh, you know, like for a weekend... I wouldn't need a second leisure battery just to keep that TV going in the evenings, would I? No, they they run at about four, maybe four and a half, five amps. And if you're not, you're not going to have it on all day. You're probably going to have it on at night time for yeah. possibly an hour, maybe two hours. You're going to be fine because your solar panel has charged up your batteries all day long. So when it gets dark, you've got a fully charged battery. But no, you'd be able to watch a couple of movies or you're, you're not big TV buffs anyway. So no. It, but you know what, even though we've no kids, but I find that it's handy having the TV. You yeah, may not use it. have it on in the background and that, you know. Yeah, we tend to have it on as a radio. We tend to, especially now that I have the fire stick, I've all the radio stations and we yes. tend to just have music on and maybe watch a movie. Deirdre would prefer to read a book. But yeah, you'll have no problem running it. I think you're right to start off. The beautiful thing about leisure batteries is you can always add another one and another one. You see them in America and they're running. Actually, there's a friend of mine here at home, not too far from us. He's running, I think he's five solar panels <laughs> and he must be running nearly 240 volts out of his outlets at this. But I do know his wife because they'd go away midweek and she could go to work from the motorhome. She wants to be able to dry her hair. And I do know they can run hair dryer. So get the panel. I would suggest upgrading your battery. You can always add another one in a year or so if you felt like, you know, this is a great idea. Peace of mind. And that's all the second battery is, is peace yeah. of mind. So, look, I think we'll move on to the campsites uh, uh, and stopovers. Um, you have a, a post that came up on Campsite Review from Rigor Mortis. Yeah, we've been asking you. We have our sister website called campsitereview.com. Go into the forum, leave your reviews on campsites, airs, stopovers or products. And Rigor Mortis has left a few over there 2019. But here's one that he put in recently. And he said, we bought our first motorhome last year. 
a little nervous about taking it too far or being too dependent on the facilities in the van. So I decided to concentrate on going to Ireland and the UK in year one. So we booked our family holiday and I looked at Haven Holidays. It's a Butland style campsite with venues throughout the UK. We have a four and five year old. So things like swimming pools, playgrounds are key for us. We choose to camp at Burnham on Sea. We paid about 200 euro for nine nights. We booked very early to get this rate. We picked the venue because it was on the east coast and a little further south, hoping to get slightly warmer temperatures. The campsite was very clean. Pitches were a decent size and had access to electricity and water and a central block for showers and toilets that we frequently served that were frequently serviced. I don't recall there being a kitchen facilities. This might be because there were three restaurants and takeaways on site. The facilities were excellent. Facilities like the indoor and outdoor pools and playgrounds were free. There were also amusement arcades. There was a cabaret style entertainment all day and good kids entertainment again free. Extra charges applied for other activities like archery, bike riding lessons, uh, arts and crafts. The extra charges were also pretty reasonable. There is a town within a one kilometre walk. A bus actually comes into the park. This links up to the nearby town and as far as the larger resort, the Western Supermare. Oh, sorry, the bus goes as far as the larger town resort of Western Supermare. Along this route are a number of small but good theme parks. There's also a train station in the local town. This will connect you to the rest of the world and Bath in 45 minutes. The pub is directly across the road with a nice menu of pub grub. We stayed nine days as part of a two-week holiday. There was plenty to keep the kids occupied and we had some great days out as well. I'd definitely go back, although probably for a shorter stay, moving between a couple of campsites. I've booked campsites in France this year and I'm looking forward. However, the prices, the price differential is huge and I have to say... The Haven offerings in the UK was really good value. It's a lower rent version of the Centre Parks and it does offer great value. That's a very good review um, coming in there from Rigor Mortis and you can check it out on campsitereview.com and you can just click on the counties and the countries and read that review. So thank you for that. Uh, this we year, stayed. 2020, we're, we've booked France and, well, we've booked the ferry from um, Cork to Roscoff. Uh, the dog friendly cabin and we're going to do France and we're going to do Holland so we'll keep you updated on that and no doubt there'll be a couple of videos on Charlie and me as well Yeah we stayed in one of the havens there three or four years ago now we actually didn't take the camper with us we stayed in one of the chalets there but um, we we did um, take a walk around the um, the facilities there and we definitely said if we're coming back again we take our own camper with us um, this time but um, we're considering heading to the UK um, uh, as well maybe later on in the summer we're going to see how things kind of fall with Brexit, Brexit although I don't yeah. expect any change at all really for a, for a while. No, I don't think so either and that, that description of that campsite is very very French I mean, you know, we've all done the French campsites and they have set the standards with the bars and the entertainment. And so that is, is it's beautiful. Unfortunately, we have nothing like that over here. And I think that's because companies just won't invest because we don't have the weather. We really can't guarantee it. Where in France, you've, you're almost guaranteed 90% of your, your two-week holiday being fantastic weather. Yeah, it's but pretty that, bankable. 
Yes, yeah, you could nearly read that. And if I didn't mention Western Supermare or where they were going, you'd say, if I said to you, where's that? I wouldn't be surprised if you said, that's a campsite in France. But very good review. Well done. Log on to campsitereview.com. And if you want to leave a review of a campsite, an air product, please do. It's free to join and always will be. I think Rigor Mortis could have a, a career there in writing camping books. I uh, think so, the yes. detail that he's, he's given there. So thanks very much for that. Yeah, that's brilliant. So let's go on to our next portion, which is the camping hacks, the tips, the products and um, campsites and websites and apps that we talk about. What have we got here? Yeah, so um, Google products first. I um, got a, an email there recently from DG with some product tips and information about um, some items that he got for, for Christmas. I'll read through it. He says, hi, guys. Happy New Year. Hope Santa was good to you. He said, I got a couple of nice items for the camper. He said a few weeks when we went to take the camper out, we discovered that it wouldn't start with a flat battery. So because of the way um, we had it parked, he was unable to get jump leads um, to it. So unfortunately, the trip was cancelled. Oh. So he said he ended up having to take the battery out, getting his trusty mechanic to charge it up. So he said with that in mind, he, he got a, a, a couple of um, presents over Christmas to, to help him out there. One of the presents he got was a, a jumper pack for helping him... Um, jumping the camper, you know, when he's uh, out and about. It, with this, as well as the jumper pack that he got, he got a digital tire pressure gauge. And um, it just, he felt that moving and manoeuvring in garages to try and check the tire pressure can be awkward. Whereas this is a handy little gadget that just plugs down onto the the, the valve and you can check your, your pressure. I uh, know he said next on his wish list is his own tire inflator. Um, so I got back to um, DG and I asked him look, where he picked up the um, the items from. He said both of the items he got were from Amazon. Um, a little tour gauge, he said he paid £9 at the time from, for it. And um, the battery pack or the battery jump kit that he got also from Amazon. Now, he did say that the one he ordered is no longer available on Amazon. So they must have sold out. But there's lots of other versions and, and models there that you can get. The digital tour gauge seems like a, a real handy utility. Um, the one he ha has was a, an Astro AI digital tour pressure gauge uh, that has a, a handy little light on it as well. He said if you're doing it at night time. So he said the tour gauge is grand, not much to it really. It gives peace of mind without the hassle of getting to a garage. Um, the battery pack um, will be for, for charging devices when we don't have electric hookup. So it doubles up as a, a phone charger as well. And when it's gone, it's gone. But he says he usually keeps it charged above 50%. So he's able to do a jump start on his van if it needs be. He's at leisure battery out of bounds when it comes to charging devices. Um, he doesn't have any solar panels on the van yet, but maybe one day. So thanks for that, DG. Um, you know, two very useful items to have uh, in the motor. Hopefully you'll, you'll never need to use it, but you know, you'll be glad of it if you do. Yeah, I have one of the booster boxes that I bought years ago. I've, I've probably gone through about three of them because I used to have classic cars and you needed a booster box for them. But I bought one recently, possibly during the summer of last year. Um, and it was only because I was I was kind of fitting out the shed and the, the new workshop. And the booster box has an LED light on it, a USB charger and two cigarette chargers. But it's good for up to three jumps. 
of, of a vehicle. Um, I keep it charged. I keep it out in the storeroom. And I also have one of those tire inflators, which I've never had to use. Actually, I lie. I used it once to pump up the wheel of the bike. They're great little things. Again, it comes like with a 20-foot lead that you can plug it into your cigarette lighter and more or less be able to get around your car or your van and have enough lead on it to do that. But they're, they're just handy things to have, and they take up uh, little or no room if you're going to be bringing them with you. And though we are, we're all That's stuck for a bit say. of room. You mentioned you leave it in the yard, but do you do bring it with you when you go camping then, those all those devices? I'm going to say I did with the last van because she was a 96. I don't so much with our new van. Um, I think the only time I brought it with me was actually handy because I helped a, a lady jumpstart a van that was next to us. I have seen them on a few campsites with buddies jumpstarting other buddies' vans. So, no, I haven't carried it uh, since July of 2018 it's been in the shed and I I plug it in and every now and again just to keep it charged I think I'm actually stripping down the van at the moment getting ready for the season and taking out stuff that we don't want and I mean I also carry a four ton jack rather than you know I I bought a a wheelie jack rather than carrying the little small ones and that's one thing I will always carry with me because the little pump up jacks are just a pain they really are if you had a puncture in your van would you normally change it yourself you would no I'd call the AA that's yeah. what I'm in the AA for. Yeah, again, yeah. again, in the last van, the, the, the 96, I didn't have a spare wheel. In this van, I do have a spare wheel. But when I was getting tires fitted recently on the back, you have to jack it up a fair old whack because of the side skirt in order to get, you know, in order to get the axle yes. to drop down to take the wheel off. So I'm going to be honest, I paid the, the AA a, a few bob every year. I would rather ring them and say, look, I've got a puncher. I can't find my jack. And I'll just keep the door closed so he doesn't see that I actually have a trolley jack. But handy things to have that likes to do tire inflators. Gadgets. I love gadgets between torches and tire inflators. But Dennis, if you remember, Dennis has given us a few tips, especially when I was buying the A-frame. And I'll find it for a future podcast. When he's towing his car, he has four dust caps, which are actually sensors that keep your tire pressure onto a nap on your phone. Oh, I've you heard can act- those, yeah. You can actually put them on your van while you're driving as well, rather than stopping, you know, and it'll come up on your, you can just open the app and it'll tell you what the, the heat of the tire and the tire pressure is. And it's something I want to get to put onto the feed while we're towing. Because you know yourself when you're towing it, if you get a blowout on your trailer or on your car, you may not know. So it, it'll automatically, the app will bleep or send you a text or something. So when I do get that, I get the details and we'll mention it on a future podcast. Oh, yeah, definitely. I wouldn't mind getting those for my car and the camper as well. Yeah, yeah. No, they're t- I think they're handy to have, especially if you're driving one of the bigger campers, especially if you have a twin axle or a tag axle. It's very easy to be driving with a, with a very low tire or a blown out tire. Uh, if you have any gadgets, if you have anything you'd like to share with us, we'd love to hear from you and we'll give you the contact details at the end of the podcast. Yeah, I'm sure lots of people have got um, little goodies for their camper over Christmas as well. So we'd love to hear about some of those. Did you pick up anything yourself over the Christmas or is this new solar panel going to be your Christmas tree? I think, yeah, no, the, the solar panel and that we need to get new skylights and things like that put on. That was it. To be honest with you, Aaron, we have our camper so long now. Yeah. There's I don't think there's anything we need like yeah. this stage, I, you know. Yeah, I think at this stage, and the same with ourselves, we're camping so long, it's more just replacing what gets broken or what gets worn yeah. and torn. Uh, unless little gadgets, like we say, the, the tire inflator or, or things like that come along, you kind of, you pick them up. By the way, I picked my booster box up in Halfords. They're available there, and I think it was only about 30 or 40 euro. I almost check that out. No, that sounds, that's def- definitely something I would um, love to have. Oh, and it comes with, you plug it into the mains or you can actually charge it off your cigarette lighter. So there is no reason for me 
to actually, because I have a cigarette lighter in the boot of the camper, so there's no reason to why I shouldn't just strap it in there and make room for it, if only to help out another camper. Speaking of camping and getting the motorhome cleaned out and set up, um, I thought we'd put together a few tips for people who are taking their motorhome out of storage, getting ready to start camping again for the new year. Um, we might run through a, a bit of a list. It's a pretty obvious list, really, you know, but just a reminder to people, you know, what to do, and what to, what to check out for it. Yeah, I took ours out today and I brought it home and hoovered the floors, changed the bed linen and because I've been using our camper, so I didn't, the only thing I didn't strip was the beds, but I had all the cushions up airing, but uh, brought it home today and it was when I saw this list, I said, oh, do you know what, bring it home today, it was a fine day and washed the floors, hoovered it out, washed the floors, cleaned the windscreens and then I went through this list, I brought it up on my phone, so we'll start with the first thing is, Check for dampness, leaks, or rodent damage, be it poop poop or maybe a couple of broken cables. It's one it's you can just throw your eye around, but remember to lift up your dinettes and lift up where your water tank is and lift up any storage areas you have inside the camper and just check in there and check the backs of your presses and your fridge and anywhere you have a cubby hole for a, a little bit of rodent damage or poop just to see for dampness as well, just to check things out. Make sure yeah. you check every press and don't uh, forget the bathroom. Under your cushions and under all the bedding cushions as well, just look for for anything there. Uh, another thing to check would be just go through all the electrics, turn everything on, off, run your taps and your sockets, your lights, make sure you've got bulbs and everything ready to go. Your your toilet, the electric, you know, the toilet is flushing if it's an electric flush on it and things like that. Yeah, and then while you're there, before you start all that, switch on the gas heating and have it running while you're doing your checks and walking in and out of the house, getting things if you're starting to refill your camper, just to make sure that the heating is working properly and that it's heating your water. And check all your vents that you have around as well. Make sure they're, the air is blowing out of all your vents as well. You don't want cold pockets in around the motorhome. Uh, I think to turn your fridge on as well as you're running your heating, turn the fridge on, make sure that it's fridge is running off electricity. If it's a three-way fridge, make sure that it's running off gas and um, thirdly, that when the engine is running, that it's uh, controlling your fridge as well. So little checks like that are, are handy. Uh, what's next, Aaron? Yeah, and there's simple checks again while you're checking the heating in the fridge. Light the four rings while you have the heating on. Just make sure your two rings, your three rings, your four rings. If you happen to have an electric ring as well, just make sure that your cooker is all working. And just leave them run for a couple of seconds, a couple of minutes while you're while you're walking around the camper van. Yeah, I think sometimes what happens to us is the gas nozzles tend to kind of get blocked up over the winter and you know you might need to, to to blow some of them clear or in some cases even replace them if they're clogged up you know mm -hmm. and then while you're there of course you're going to have filled up your water tanks to check your taps even if you're only going to put in a quarter of a tank because you're not heading off straight away just make sure that you do check all your taps don't forget to shower and as we mentioned flush the toilet and mention the water tanks there and would you normally like disinfect your water tank at the start of the season what products are good for that no, what I do is every fill, I just throw in the two tablets. You know, you can buy these camping tablets. The they come in a pack, tablets. the purifications. I throw two of them in with every fill. Now, when I'm not using the camper for two weeks, which is it's seldom during the, the season, especially now doing the videos with Charlie and me, I empty my water tank. I put my arm in and I pull the plug and I empty it all the time. Even during the summer, if I'm going away on holidays without the camper, I empty the water tank and then two purifying tablets every time. What I do with the grey tank, I go to one of the Aldi's or the Lidl's or I buy a cheap Coca-Cola 
six, eight litres and I pour it down the sink. I pour it down the wash hand basin and I pour it down the shower. And then I add possibly a good few litres of water and then I go for a drive, sloshing it all around. And then I drain my two. I have two grey water tanks, one for the bathroom and one just for the kitchen. I open them out and drain them. And the amount of little black bits that come out from, you know, from from that Coca-Cola fizzing around. I mean, you've seen what it does to teeth and coins and your stomach. I was going to say, you don't throw a few Mentos into it as well, do you? No, that could be a bit of a problem. (laughs) So that, and I do water it down. Not a lot, but I do mix a bit of water and then drive around and I kind of, when the road is clear, I give it a little bit of a a right-left, right-left, slosh it around, come home, pull outside. We have a drain outside the house, open it. And I have seen little bits of but it's only a grey water tank so it's not as if you're drinking water you can get commercial products can't you for those as well you can I'm not sure if I would like to use a sterilising agent on my drinking water tap because we actually use the water for drinking and for brushing our teeth and stuff you know in the tank so I like to just use those sterilising tablets now I'm the second owner of our motorhome and I know the first owner did the same they never used any of they didn't drain it fill it with a, a bleach type substance slosh it around and drain it and you know they have used the exact same tablets as we use so I'm happy enough to just keep using the tablets I know one of the camping crew members we won't mention any names flushes out their tanks and cleans them with Milton Milton is it Milton fluid yeah, Milton. every year and completely cleans it out yeah yeah, the same chap I was talking about earlier on that has the solar panels does the exact same. And then what I find with that is they'll, they'll fill the water tank, put in, we'll say, the litre of Milton, drive around, slosh around, clean it. But then you've got maybe two tanks of water before that smell and taste is gone to flush it through the system. And that's the only reason I don't do that, that I'm happy from day one I've been using those tablets. And I'm not shy with using the tablets. I'll throw in two or three of them, normally two, with every time I fail or top up the tanks. So uh, to move on, it's one of the most important things we'll mention today is to check your smoke alarms, your carbon monoxide alarms, make sure they're in date and uh, do a test on both of those that they're actually working. And you know what? Replace the batteries, even if they don't need it. Replace the batteries in both your smoke and carbon monoxide alarms and check the date of your fire extinguisher. Now, if you have a big fire extinguisher, it's worth getting it serviced professionally. If not, go to your local car accessory store and buy one of the fire extinguishers. They usually come in a kit. We actually have the extinguisher and fire blanket and make sure that they're placed somewhere close to the kitchen area, especially the fire blanket. Not obstructing the way, but in a press or on a press door that you can get to it. But just check the date of your extinguisher because they do lose pressure and they do go out of date. It's very important. And um, while you're checking dates and things, it's no harm to check uh, as well as checking your tires, check the dates on the tires, make sure they're not too old. Even sometimes your tire might look in, in really good condition, but it could be, you know, seven or eight years old, you know, and that would be a, an advisory, I think, on the... Um, it is. I think six years test. is an advisory on the NCT or on your DOE. So, yeah, now it's only an advisory. And don't forget as well as checking your tires, don't forget to check your spare as well if you've got one to make sure that your spare is in good condition as well. And then let's get to all the windows, doors between your presses, your windows, your skylights. Open them all up. If you have a little tin of WD-40, no harm to give them a bit of a squirt on the hinges and then wipe them with a cloth to stop it dripping all over the place. And check the little blinds that are on your skylights as well. This is all really, really just straightforward and common sense, but we just want to remind you about it. 
Exactly, yeah, yeah. And what you could do as well is uh, on a yearly or by year or every two years is consider getting a, a professional to do a habitation check on your van as well, just to, to run through everything from a professional point of view, you know. Yes, those checks might set you back about 60 euro, but every two years I tend to get them done. Um, in fact, I'll probably get one done now this year. Uh, they do everything. They check your gas, they check your water, they check your electrics, they check the strength of your batteries. They absolutely are worth their weight in gold. And especially if there is an accident or something goes wrong and you're claiming an insurance, you have the cert to say, well, look, it's not as if I've been neglecting it. So definitely yeah, if Every two years you should get that done, at least. I think in a lot of cases they get out the moisture meters and do damp checks and everything for you as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then finally, what have we got? Just, I suppose, air out your camping chairs, air out your windbreakers, check your awning and day rooms. You know, sometimes when you're stored up over the winter, if they weren't fully dry and were a bit damp, you know, they can pick up a bit of mould as well. So check all of those. You'd want to arrive to the campsite, um, sun shining and pull out your chairs and find that they're mold growing out of them so check those before you leave and make sure they're all in good condition i didn't do that one year we opened up our chairs and there was mold on one of them now we did get a cleaner and now it's just spots but it's not the actual mold yes, yeah. but still anyway i think they're probably due a change this year but definitely open up everything and especially if you can even bring them into the house or a shed for a while and and let them air it's it's definitely a job worth doing. So that's it. We're almost done. Uh, we've a bit of a, a long one today, Aaron. Um, I thought what I'd remind people starting to go camping again is um, uh, a little bit about campsite behaviour and campsite etiquette. I know we've kind of covered this through other uh, discussions on previous podcasts, but there was an article which popped up in one of my searches there um, last week from the Reader's Digest, and it was the title of the article was Unspoken Etiquette, Rules of RV Camping. So it's American-based, but, you know, some of the points were relevant to us and I've added a, a few additional points onto it. So I suppose the first thing I would say to everybody is, look, be a good neighbour when you arrive at a campsite. Say hello to your neighbours, you know, introduce yourself. Um, I think that's that's really, really important and it, it's good, good etiquette, good practice. Yeah, and also if you can help them, if you're there already and you see somebody else setting up and you reckon, you know what, give them a hand to set up their awning, their safari rooms, or even just to guide them into a parking space and plug in, help your neighbour. If if they may say, no, I'm fine, and just say, okay, no problem. If you need me, I'm John, I'm over here. Yeah, like, and I think if you're after introducing yourself to somebody or they're after introducing themselves to you, you're more inclined to kind of watch out for them and look out and see if there are problems. If there's someone suspicious roaming around, uh, I think you're more likely to um, to keep an eye out for them and, and hunt somebody away they shouldn't be around, you know? And then, of course, your children, keep them on leads. I mean, your dogs, keep your dogs on leads and keep your children under control as well, because there's nothing worse. And we all love kids. Most of us love kids. There's nothing worse than having them running across your patch or your neighbor's patch. So just keep an eye on the kids. And if there's no ball allowed to be played, don't let them play ball. Yeah, we're not talking about stopping kids from playing. You know, we're talking about just kids and animals kind of out of control more so than anything else, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, it's no harm um, to be aware of the campsite rules. Certain campsites are more relaxed than others. If yours is not, you, sh you should be aware about it. Be aware of what the rules and respect the owner's wishes. You know. Yes, and don't be walking through other people's pitches. If you have to get somewhere, please think about your. You wouldn't like people walking through your pitch, so make a way around other pitches when you want to get to A to B. 
Yeah, yeah. And look, uh, we've, we've said this lots and lots of times. Don't park too close to your neighbours. Leave a bit of space. Leave a safe distance. You know, not only for safety, but it's just it's good manners. It's 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 good etiquette. Yeah, and I think that's more so if you're staying on an airs or in a field or in a car park, because most campsites, they have all of, of that done and spaced out. And keep your pitch clean and tidy while you're there. And indeed, while you leave, as they say everywhere, just leave your footprint or your tire print. Some places say, please try not leave tire prints. But, you know, have a bin pick up after you and if you even see a little bit of rubbish there a paper anything that's there when you get there put that in the bin as well don't say well i didn't drop it just pick it up and keep the place clean yeah yeah and um don't overload your electricity um a lot of cases if you trip yours you tend to trip your neighbor's electricity as well so they might be too happy with you so just be conscious of what you're running if you need to run something that would use kind of a that would use a lot you know, switch something else off and don't have it overloaded. I think actually only last week we tweeted out a reminder on that, didn't I? I think we sent out a, a right, picture yeah. of what, what, what wattage and what amperage is, is what. So just, yeah, be mindful of what you're using because nine times out of ten, if you trip your trip, you could trip somebody else's trip. And then the final one is common sense. Be nice to the campsite staff. Be nice to everybody, not just the campsite staff your neighbours, your your fellow campers, but especially the campsite staff. You know, you don't know what kind of day they're having. So just be nice, be polite and leave on good terms and always say please and thank you. Yep, that's it. Just a, a couple of reminders, I suppose, to promote good camping and good etiquette on campsites and be less likely to see people giving out about different things on Facebook a place like that then mm-hmm. if everyone are kind of mindful about it you know right that wraps up our episode for today it's been episode 42 we'll give you all of the details for getting in touch we are running low on stickers but we still have a few and we'll give you the details how you can get in touch with stickers or comments or anything like that Chris how do they do it yep the main way is by email you can email our, our email address which is campingcrewpodcast at gmail.com you can reach out to us on twitter our twitter handle is at the camping crew so that's at the camping crew and myself and Aaron are fairly active on um, all of the really good facebook groups so you'll find us there uh, particularly the irish ones and um, <clears throat> excuse me you'll find this also on um, some of the sites like uh, Motorhome Crack Forum and, and other places like that. So uh, you can't avoid us. And then, of course, we've got Charlie Amir Camping Vlog on YouTube, which the videos are back up and running again for the season of 2020. And we have CampsiteReview.com. It's a free forum and website. Just little different tabs that you can click into. But if you join the forum for free and leave a review on a campsite or stopover or camping product, or if you have any questions to ask, please do log on to CampsiteReview.com. Yeah, there's only so many campsites that we can get to throughout the year. So we really do rely on the listeners to either email us reviews directly or to put some reviews up on campsitereview.com. You know, we want this podcast to be very much listener driven. So um, please, any campsites you've been to, take five minutes out, drop us a couple of lines. It doesn't have to be a a big, long essay. A few lines for uh, a review so we can tell others about all the great campsites and stopovers that are here in Ireland. Yeah, or indeed, if you're heading off to France, Spain, Portugal, we'd love to hear about your trips. And you can always tweet us or email us a photograph as well. And especially if you're parked somewhere exotic and you've got one of our stickers on your van or your caravan, we would absolutely love to see a photograph of that. 
So that wraps it up for today. We will do episode 43 next week. We would love your input. You have all the contact details. All that we said is have an absolute safe and fabulous 2020 from me, Aaron Burchill. Stay safe. And for me, Chris Byrne, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and give us uh, reviews if you can. And most importantly, don't forget to tell your camping friends about us. Well, that's it for another podcast from the camping crew. Thanks for listening and do join us again very soon. Safe camping.